You're listening to the Outside by Design podcast, made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Blurring the lines between work and play, whether your office is in a pickup truck at a trailhead or in a skyscraper, we're connecting you to others who think like you do. Hey, welcome to the second episode of the Outside by Design podcast. I'm here with Lisa Slagel and our special guest today, Molly Busby, who started a new business here in Whitefish called Yoga Hive. Molly, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your new business? Sure. Well, I'm so excited to be here and drinking beer with you guys today. Um, my name is Molly Busby. I'm 28 years old, almost 29. And um, my husband and I have lived here in Whitefish for about two and a half years. I have a full-time job running a nonprofit organization, um, which my husband and I started. And I decided to start Yoga Hive this year because... I love yoga, and um, for a long time I've known that I love it, but I haven't really found my yoga home, and I've seen the benefits that it can have on me and can have on people, and I, I'm ready to give that to others, and I took a yoga teacher training um, at a studio in Denver that my friend Britt runs called Container Collective Yoga, and I was just so inspired by that, and the stars aligned here in Whitefish, and I opened Yoga Hive uh, this month. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. And on the side, my hu- well, my other half, Sean, he's my husband. We've been married since 2011, and he's a professional snowboarder. And so he uh, travels the world on snowboarding expeditions. And naturally, I'm not going to let him travel alone. So I am his ski counterpart. And together, we run twosticksandaboard.com, which is our hub for inspiration and telling stories of other fun people getting outdoors and of our adventures around the world. Wow. Sounds like you have a lot of different irons in the fire with all these different ventures and things like that with, you already have, you know, two sticks and a board and riding insulin riding on insulin and stuff, you know, so many things happening. Why did you, what made you say, Oh, I want to run another business. <laughs> um, there's just something wrong in my brain. No, I'm just joking, but I have this like thing where, I don't know. You know when you can feel when something's good and when it's right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it took a lot of courage to go to that space and to say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take on yet another thing. But I just trusted my intuition because I knew it was good. I knew there was a need for it. And I knew I could handle it. And then now having been, I'm in my third week of business this week. Uh, <laughs> and so having been through this just for a little time, I've even seen how it's maybe more effective in my other work. Um, and because yoga has this effect on me that makes me clearer, um, think clearer, act clearer, all of these great things. And so moving forward, it's made me more efficient in the other parts of my life as well, which is really exciting. And, and I feel really lucky to be able to have the mindset to be able to take that on because I know that's not realistic for everybody, but like I said, there's just something going on in my brain where Mm -hmm. I've, and I've met my max. I I really do. I think I'm, I've maxed out, so (laughs) I'm just going to maintain what we have and hopefully I won't be back here in a year being like, I got a new business. Uh, I think I'm good for now. (laughs) Nice. So tell us about the steps you took starting Yoga Hive because a lot of our audience is other entrepreneurs and I'm sure that they can identify with you with having a great idea and going for it. Uh, I think the first step um, is finding the confidence and knowing how to start and having started a business, although it was a nonprofit, it's still starting a business and I've done that. And so for me, 
it was just checking things off a list. You do this, you register here, you pay for this, you set up this, you call the phone people, you set up, you know, you sign your lease, all of these things. Um, but I think for somebody just starting out and what I wish I would have known starting the nonprofit that I run is finding a mentor who's willing to work with you and willing, maybe just willing to sit down with you. Like, and maybe it's multiple people, but find somebody who's maybe not somebody who's doing the same thing that you are, but anybody who's a business owner who has started their own business is going to know exactly the things to tell you to not do wrong and the things that you can mess up on, the things you can experiment with and the things you have to have on lockdown before you start. Yeah. Who's Sounds your, like great advice. Who's yeah. your business mentor? <laughs> I have a lot of them. There's another young gal who actually is opening a yoga studio in Libby, Montana, which is a little ways from Whitefish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say we connected actually on Facebook, like through a friend. I like found her and then stalked her kind of, mm-hmm. not in a weird way, but <laughs> we messaged her and was like, hey, you're starting a yoga business. I just opened two weeks ago. Like, let's meet up. And then the other day she walked into my studio with, you know, a a growler of beer from the Liberty Brewery and was like, hey, let's sit down and talk. And so we have a call even later today. And just exchanging information, I think, is one of the best ways. And then eventually you'll pay it forward to the next business owner. And that in and of itself is fulfilling and continues your education because that new business owner will tell you something. Well, actually, you know, I just learned this. Mm -hmm. And you can always, always learn something from everybody in your life. Well, Molly... One thing I like about your approach to yoga is that it's you make it feel very comfortable. Like you're sitting on in our office in a Vans trucker hat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're not like wearing super intense yoga getup, and you make yoga seem really approachable for the people. So tell us about your philosophy on yoga. Yeah, I think my philosophy on yoga comes from the philosophy I learned about business, which comes from my parents. Um, my dad owns a law firm and he has run it as basically since I was born. And my mom started a women's clothing store in my hometown and has run that, still is running it for over 30 years now. And so their mindset really is as much as you want to create a business that lasts long after you in the beginning and throughout its lifespan, the business reflects on you. It comes from the top down. Whoever you are is who the business is going to be at least in the beginning, especially when you're talking about small business, mm-hmm. you know, when you're creating a corporation, I guess that's a different thing. It's not about you, but in, in my world, yoga hive starts with me and my mindset. And so my whole mindset is inclusivity. I love, I'm a summer camp person. I love empowering. I worked at Girl Scout camp. I worked mm-hmm. at YMCA camp in Northern Wisconsin, backpacking trips, experiential education, and like just showing others that they can be part of something even if they have no experience and so Mm -hmm. that's the whole thing with yoga hive is you don't you know everybody gets told you should do yoga you should really consider yoga but then you can go to a yoga studio and maybe feel intimidated by not wearing the right thing and not owning a mat or not knowing the poses and really with yoga hive my philosophy and the philosophy that all of my awesome instructors have is just it's for everybody and everybody. And that's what my friend Britt taught me when I was in my yoga teacher training is that yes, yoga can be challenging and you can challenge anybody, but you can challenge people at different levels. And as long as people are showing up, you're automatically good at yoga. People always say, I'm so bad at yoga. I'm going to be really bad. And I'm like, if you show up, you're better than half of them because 
not everybody's showing up. Mm -hmm. So show up, you're good at it automatically, and then just do what you can. And Lisa, like I told you, if you just want to roll around on the mat, you can just roll there and you're still good at yoga. That's true. Ready to go. Roll in the corner. It's a good visual. I've mastered the Shavasana. It's good. It's the best pose to Mm -hmm. master, really. So you live in Whitefish, which is a really rad mountain town, and there's tons of other really, really fantastic places like that to live what how did you wind up here why did you decide whitefish yeah I think this is an awesome thing that I would love to impart on somebody else because there's so many people that are thinking to themselves man I want to move to x town Mm -hmm. and do y job but how do I get there and our process took us two years we were living um actually in central Utah um working for a college prep boarding school because they had health insurance for my husband Um, and I was tutoring, I was patching things together and we started this nonprofit, which eventually grew to be much larger than us and provided health insurance. And then through a discovery process, we visited Whitefish and we, we decided, okay, this is the place we want to live. And I know other people out there can identify with that, like showing up in a place and being like, this is where I'm meant to be. You know, maybe it's your hometown. Maybe it's a new place. Maybe you don't know anybody. And we didn't know anybody here, but we knew we wanted to be here. And so we said from that moment on, still living in Utah, we were like, everything we do will be focused on getting to Whitefish. And that's how it worked. So we put our house on the market, even though it was a really small house in Utah where the average family size is very big. Our realtor said, oh, you guys need a really unique buyer. (laughs) And we were like, okay, our house is never selling. We're just going to have to just live here forever and never move to Whitefish. But we decided, okay, we're just going to start renting a house. We're going to overextend ourselves if we have to and like start renting in Whitefish, start putting down roots regardless of our house sales. Mm -hmm. And we had, you know, saved up so we could do that. And then... Right the week before we were moving, all of a sudden, we had a cash buyer. No joke. Wow. And we're just, we're a little bit like manifestors in that way. Yeah. We're like, we set our minds on something and then it happens. But if you really focus your whole energy on something, mm-hmm. it just comes together. So we moved up here and then we focused on getting a house and getting a property. And lo and behold, we found one two months after we moved. Bank, bank-owned property, 10 acres right outside Whitefish here. And... Then all of a sudden we had a house, I had a job, and Sean's a professional snowboarder, so he works from anywhere, um, doing spokesperson type things. And uh, yeah, we've never been happier. And not knowing anyone, I mean, people in the outdoor community just go out and get involved and like just mm-hmm. go do stuff. And yeah. naturally we've found some of like our best friends ever. We love Whitefish. Oh yeah, Whitefish is great. It's awesome. So it sounds like your various careers, both Sean's and yours, have kind of brought you all over the world. What's your favorite adventure story to tell from all of those trips? Whether it's something like crazy or... Mm -hmm. I think the most relevant one right now is we... So Sean has been to all seven continents, um, but a couple years ago he needed... Um, Africa and Asia. And so we were like, oh, we could go to Japan, but everybody was going to Japan. So he goes, let's go to Kyrgyzstan. And I was like, okay, this is how things work. Sean goes, I have this crazy idea. And I go, okay, figure it out. And so he figures it out. And then I'm like, oh my God, how are we going to do this? And so then I have to figure out how to, you know, logistically and financially make it happen. And so we line things up. 
He set up this trip to Kyrgyzstan, which, if you don't know, is in Central Asia. The country is like 98% mountainous, which is what initially draw, drew Sean's attention to it. Right. And so the whole idea is because it's a third world country, first of all, we had to have our shit together before going there. Second of all, we wanted to give back. So this, you know, this trip was about initially about skiing and snowboarding, like, you know, climbing mountains, skiing and snowboarding down them. But we worked with a bunch of uh, Sean's sponsors to bring gear over. So like Osprey packs, um, Goal Zero, solar powered lights and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and, you know, we, we brought these things over and gave them to these these villagers who who needed access. They were using car, um, like car headlights as their light in their homes because they don't, I mean, a lot of the villages don't have electricity. And I'm not saying we need to force, you know, the modern world on them, but little things to help, like solar power in places like that can make a huge difference. And then these um, local guides in this community who are bringing in tourists and, and all of these guiding operations, they needed things like packs um, for their guides. And so Osprey hooked us up with a whole slew of packs, and we brought those over so they could have some of the correct gear. And then one of our who, a gal who became our friend who had this intention of going to Kyrgyzstan but never made it to her destination. That's a long story. Um, but she had brought over these snowboards but didn't bring bindings. And so we talked to all of our friends. We brought over all these bindings to this community. And Sean set up all the snowboards for the kids. <laughs> and so we did that. And then the coolest part of that trip was actually little bit selfish for us it wasn't about skiing and snowboarding it was about like seeing the spirit of skiing like these kids have like leather straps strapped onto regular like tennis shoes or leather shoes and they have more stoke than anybody Mm -hmm. in whitefish like and, and they they hike up they stuck us on horses they made us ride horses while all of them walked and i'm talking about like nine year olds 12 year olds like not a frown on their faces they were going skiing and we hiked up it took forever like I don't usually ride horses and I was like super sore after that (laughs) we had on the ski boots so it was really cold but I was like you can't not be stoked because these kids are walking so we helped them like you know learn how to ski and Sean showed some of them how to snowboard and yeah it was just this magical experience um and then also from that trip we got to tour a yurt um and like interview this yurt maker and you know this guy this family this is a trade sorry this is a really long answer (laughs) this guy the trade that they learn is making yurts and that's provides for their family for like a whole year they make four yurts and provide for their family for the whole year and so that's where we fell in love with yurts and then last summer we built one on our property and now we live in it and so that's where that came from that's where that came from yeah oh (laughs) hey life Mm -hmm. who knew (laughs) That's super awesome. So how's business going at Yoga Hive? You know, whenever you start a business, you have so much stoke and you're like, oh my God, the whole community is going to have the same stoke that I have and they're all going to flood my doors. Um, But I found one of the best pieces of advice that my friend Britt gave me because she has started a yoga studio in Denver, so she knew these things. And she's like, Molly, in the beginning, every person that walked through my door if I had one person in class or five people in class, whatever, I honor, I just have gratitude for that person and gratitude for every person that comes, becomes involved in what I do because eventually by showing gratitude to them and like appreciating that more will come and you know it. And, um, I, it's just so much fun. That's the one thing. And it splits up my day and I get to do yoga. 
which I love. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the company is called Yoga Hive, and you'll have to check out our website, yogahivemontana.com. But what what's where did Yoga Hive come from, and what inspired you for the branding that you settled on? And yeah, so so initially I, you know, as a Busby, mm-hmm. uh, Sean's family <laughs> loves bees, and so by nature I inherited that, and I've come to love that part of my name. And so if you look at the symbolism of a bee and a hive and why bees come to a hive, like feeling like a family, really that's the intention behind Yoga Hive is, yeah, we all have stuff going on in our lives. We have businesses, we have kids, we have, I don't have kids, I have two dogs, but some people have kids, some people have dogs, jobs, whatever. You all come together and you share something and you share like a family does. And so that's, I wanted that to be the feeling of Yoga Hive. Um, And I love the symbolism of a hive. And I came to Wheelie Creative for my branding. Um, yeah, which, you did. Which is <laughs> so awesome. And I think the advice that you gave Lisa in one of your your weekly newsletters about like why you would want to do branding is like if you can't afford to screw it up the first time around. Because like I could have made my own logo. You know, I could have like thrown something together and been like, mm, this is Yoga Hive. This is who I am. But like you don't want to screw it up if you're coming out with something. You want to launch, if you want to launch, you got to launch yeah. and you got to look good. And sure, if you have a friend that can do it for free and they're willing to put that legwork in, whatever, go with your friend. But if you really want to invest in your business, ultimately that pays off like multiple times over. And so I know we sat down and you were like, you know, here's why you should do it. And I was like, yep. And then my husband was like, are you sure you want to pay for that? I was like, yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like it was such a great deal and it was such the right time, right place, right price. And I don't regret it. Nice. And you got the whole small business package. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you got a sign, business cards. Mm-hmm. What else did you get? A t-shirt design. A t-shirt design. And what else did I get? Logo. Oh, my MailChimp. Oh, yeah. My MailChimp template. Which is awesome. Yeah. And I, those things are so... They're easy to set up, but like to really make them look good, you got to know what you're doing. So it was just so nice to just have that ready to go. Yeah. And it looked great. And our designer, Amanda, just crushed it. She hand drew your logo. Like multiple times. Multiple times. (laughs) I feel bad about it. And that turned out great. And uh, yeah, I think you should be really proud. Yeah, I am. Thanks. Yeah. And we see it everywhere. You're doing a good job slinging those posters. Around. I'm getting yeah. those posters up. I walk, I put up every one of those posters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. So Molly, in your experience, first other entrepreneurs out there, what is it like working with designers? Because you've worked with a lot of them over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, you know, first, like I worked with myself and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I can totally make a logo. And then I was like, oh man, this sucks compared to everybody else. (laughs) So you start looking around and I think that one of the best things is looking for referrals. Mm -hmm. I think referrals speak volumes. So if you find somebody, and I did this for our initial website website design for Mm -hmm. Riding on Insulin. I did this for Logo. That's how I found you. And really saying, hey, I love what you have. Who did that? Mm -hmm. But then also getting another opinion Mm -hmm. um, and then just going for it. I think one of the things that was cool coming into it was... I thought I knew exactly what I wanted. I was like, listen, this is going to be simple for you. This is all I want. I want this, this, and this. But then I, I was open to the other 
four designs or however, I think I got five, yep. six total, um, other designs that maybe could come with it. And it turns out having somebody else's brain look at something like from a different perspective is super valuable. Um, and so you have to come into it with an open mind. Mm-hmm. It's like looking at your wedding photos. You know, you think every, you're going to look like a rock star in every single wedding photo. I looked at mine and I was like, oh man, like there's like, you know, there's a handful that you love, but then the rest I was like, oh, I can't even look at that one, you know? So how can I smile like that? So anyway, but working with a designer is fun. It's like somebody else's perspective and not every design was perfect, but there were definitely elements that I could pull from in all of those pieces. And I loved having somebody else's perspective on my logo. Yeah. And expertise. Right. And admitting that maybe your, your experience doesn't make you an expert. Nobody's an expert in everything. And that's the thing with mentors. And that's the thing with like talking with other business owners, like find somebody who gets it and gets it from a different perspective and then share what you know. Yeah. Super valuable. Because owning a business is, it's a bit of a shit show. Yeah. It really is. And you just have to make it work. Yep. Yeah. You just got to like throw it out there and hopefully like at least make it look good. So that's what <laughs> yeah, a designer at, does. At least bring some grace into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was your first job in the outdoor industry? Um, well, my first job was starting riding on insulin, the nonprofit that I run. <laughs> I really was not a part of the outdoor industry. I was um, a style editor at a women's magazine. So I did mo- like half of the writing in this startup women's magazine. And then I styled fashion shoots and dreamed of New York City and all of these things. I didn't even ski. And then I met Sean, my husband. Um, how, how did you meet Sean? How does yeah. a fashion editor oh my gosh. meet a snowboarder? <laughs> well, it's a long story. I'll tell you the short story. So I met Sean through a mutual friend. Um, he lived out west and I lived my whole life in Wisconsin. And basically, we dated long distance for a while. And he was like, this is dumb. I don't want to do this. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I can move. And I was relatively mobile, so I left my job as the style editor thinking, oh, that's what I want to do. I need to go search for that. And then all of a sudden, you know, I learned how to ski again. I mean, I knew how, but learned how to ski better, ski awesome. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then got into everything involved with that. What's the raddest thing you did last week? Last week, my husband Sean and I took our dogs for a walk in the North Fork of Montana. And if people have never been to the North Fork and to Pole Bridge, it's one of the, it's like, the last, truly the last best place, like totally remote, completely off the grid, no cell phone service, like the edge of the world. And it's the most amazing place ever. Um, and just hiking to like lookouts out there and, and being in Glacier, we don't get to be with our dogs in Glacier, but there's tons of hiking out there and just experiencing that. I think everybody, anybody who's going to come visit Montana needs to go out there. Mm -hmm. It's magic. Uh, what is the best part about being your own boss? Best part. Um, can I say worst part first? Yes, mm-hmm. I would love to hear your worst. Part. I think the worst part, um, and this same thing goes for planning a wedding. Actually, is having to care about everything, having to care about how something goes, or what the answer to this is, or following through on something. Like, you have to care because it's what you do. Same mm-hmm. thing with a wedding. But the best part is being able to figure out what schedule works for you so you can say 
yeah, I don't need to go in the office this morning. I'll work from home. I'll hang out with my dogs and we'll go for a hike this afternoon because I know that's going to make me more productive tonight. I'm going to shift things around because this works. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think managing that, if you have a significant other, the one other piece of advice I was always given, and I always try to exercise, this is a work in progress, but making sure that when you talk about business with your partner, significant other, whatever, you make it very clear that you're talking about business now. We're going to have a business talk. Let's talk it through. And then when you're done, you are done talking about business because it creeps into every single crevice of your life. And eventually all you talk about is business. And then you have, what do you have left? What do you talk about? So Sean and I, it's, you know, it's a constant game Mm -hmm. of trying to figure that balance, but really labeling stuff, business time and not business time. So are you and Sean talking about Yoga Hive or writing on insulin more these days? <laughs> I don't even know. He talks about Yoga Hive, but he yeah. still needs to come to one of my classes. Sean! So that's mostly what we talk about. This <laughs> 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 is me trying to convince him to come to yoga. And he will. We've been working on a bunch of other projects. So, But now that I'm talking to the world about this, like he's, he has to come now. Everybody's rooting for him now. Get right? your stretch right, on, guys? Sean. <laughs> yeah. Go I, for it. With yoga, I really struggle at group relaxing. Uh, yeah. I'm like, how am I supposed to relax with all these people around me? <laughs> yeah, totally. I think it, you've got to find the right vibe. And like, I don't know, I'm super biased, but like Yoga Hive, it's got a super good vibe. And it, the space feels safe. That's yeah. so important because you're right. It's so, you're so vulnerable. Like there's some poses where you're like, I can't do that in front of people. Like, like if you know what happy baby <laughs> pose is, like holding, like laying on your back, holding the soles of your feet, pulling your knees down toward the mat. Like you are so exposed. And the fact that maybe there are other people in the room watching you or doing the pose or whatever, it's like, it's, it can be uncomfortable. So like finding a safe space, finding a teacher you feel comfortable with, and then trying it at least three times. And if you don't enjoy it after the third time, maybe it's not for you and no harm done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The visual on that was good. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I've always thought that about a happy baby. It's kind of so vulnerable. So weird. Dude, I had a dude one time, my first yoga experience, I was in that pose, and he, old man, white hair, not safe, came and pressed <laughs> down on my feet, like did this adjustment, which can be a really great adjustment as an instructor. Done by the right person. Right, with the right boundaries, and yep. maybe with a person you're familiar with, who knows mm-hmm. you. Like, I was so mortified. I left that, I was like, no more yoga ever again. This is back when I live in Madison. I was like, nope, I'm good. I'm going to go to like all these fitness, like body step and body attack. I just went and immersed myself in those because yoga was not for me. Not at that oh, that's time. Funny. Yeah. I'm mortified. So. How funny. And now you own a yoga studio. <laughs> yeah. The tables have turned. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Northwest Montana, you love it up here. Mm-hmm. So, well, sounds like. So, if it's a, you know, say it's a Wednesday, you have nothing to do for the day, where are we most likely to find you? I'm trying to imagine what that looks like <laughs> a Wednesday with nothing to do. Um, well, you could probably either find me in the yurt, enjoying life there, um, or if it's really blazing hot, which sometimes it gets like 100 degrees in there, I don't want to be in there. Um, down by the lake, paddleboarding, um, maybe doing paddleboard yoga, or 
up in Polebridge because um, in Polebridge is generally a bit cooler and just adventuring. And we love talking with people and being with people and we're very social. And so being in Polebridge, showing up at the Merc, going to the Northern Lights Saloon, having a beer, those are all things that sound amazing to me right now. So Molly, we are just about out of time today on Outside by Design. So to wrap things up for our listeners, what is one piece of advice that you would give to entrepreneurs in the outdoor industry? So the one, the one piece of advice I would give is if you believe something, if you believe you're meant to be doing something and there's a need and you've done your research, you have your shit together and your parents or any other people in your life are telling you all the reasons why you shouldn't do it. I think my advice to people is to learn how to listen to those people, take validity from those statements, like maybe there's some things you need to rethink. But also, when you really believe it, just do it. Because if you're meant to do it, you just got to do it. And people are always going to say that's not a good idea. And here's why. But you just have to learn to answer to that. And if you can back up your statements and if you can stand up for yourself, your business is going to be awesome and you're going to be super happy. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, very you. well said. Crushed it. Thanks for joining us today, Molly, and sharing some of your business advice. You can follow Molly on one of her three websites, yogahivemontana.com, twosticksandaboard.com, and ridingoninsulin.org. Don't worry, there are links to all of these in our show notes, so head over to wheeliecreative.com and click on the podcast page to find all of these links and some of our favorite quotes from the episode. That's W-H-E-E-L-I-E creative.com. Thanks, and tune in next week.